The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm extraordinarily pleased to welcome you to another four-week episode of The Compliance Life. In the month of September, I'll be visiting with Deanna Wongquo. Deanna uh, has been most recently the Chief Compliance Officer at Core Laboratories, where she served from 2003 to May 2020. In that capacity, she led Core Laboratories' ethics and compliance activities. In this role, she reported to the General Counsel and Secretary and to the Audit Committee of the Board of Directors. She was responsible for formulating and implemented Core Lab's ethics policies and procedures, including its code of ethics and corporate responsibility statement, making sure they were communicated and training across all company lines. She managed the company's helpline resources and served as the final internal resource which concerned parties could communicate after other formal channels and resources were exhausted. As Chief Compliance Officer, She was authorized to implement all necessary actions to ensure achievement of objectives of an effective compliance program. In her role, she collaborated with other functional departments, including internal audit, human resources, information security, to receive and direct compliance issues for the company. Deanna has a great story. Uh, It's well worth listening to. I know you'll enjoy it, and I know you'll learn a lot. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox, back again for another episode of The Compliance Life. We're in episode one of a four-part series with Deanna Wongquo. I hope I got that right. Uh, Deanna, thanks so much for taking the time to visit with me and tell me a little bit, uh, telling us a little bit about your story. Yes. Hi, and good morning, Tom. Thank you for having me. And yes, you did uh, pronounce the last name correctly, Wongquo. So uh, thank you very much. I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to um to speak with you regarding my compliance life. Yeah, Deanna, um, you have named this episode Good News, Bad News, you're the compliance officer, and how you became the CCO. So I was wondering if you just could could start start at the beginning and then uh, tell us how you got to the CCO chair. Sure. So my path to the CCO chair um, is different from quite a few other CCOs, as we've learned uh, through the past few um, podcasts that you have um, that you've produced. And so mine is is no different in that it was different. So prior to becoming a CCO, I was in the quality field. I was a quality professional for. 20 years prior to, I worked at, um, at the Johnson Space Center for about 10 years in their environmental health laboratory as a quality assurance coordinator, and then moved from there, got a promotion to work for a company that was called Pace Analytical Services at the time, and I was their quality manager. And I had been with um, Pace Analytical Services for about a year when I received a call from a good friend of mine who was working 
at uh, Core Laboratories, um, who was going to be transitioning out of her position. So she wanted me to, uh, to interview for that position. Again, it was a quality position. And I told her, I said, well, I don't know if I'm ready to do that because I've only been in my current position for about a year. She said, oh, well, you know, what do you have to lose? I said, okay. So I went on the interview, and strangely enough, I got the job. And so Core Lab hired me initially in January of 2003 to work as a quality assurance coordinator for one of their business units. Well, at the time, I reported to the then a corporate compliance officer. Her name was Ann Rosecrans. And I remember uh, times past wanting to work with Ann because she was well-known, well-respected in the quality field. And to be honest with you, I didn't know what a compliance officer did. So I worked with Ann, started in January, again, in my quality role. Strangely enough, she calls me into her office May of that year to tell me that she was going to be leaving the company. Um, and that she was going to uh, to resign and move to the West Coast. She was going to do something different. So I thought, well, that's that's interesting. I really hadn't spent a lot of time with her because, again, I was trying to get to know my new role. Well, <laughs> in the same conversation that she's having with me about her pending departure, she then says, oh, and by the way, I've spoken with the then GC and told him that you would make a great compliance officer. You just needed to, you know, to have a little um, handholding and have someone to walk alongside you until you learn what the position entails. And I, I thought to myself, wow, well, that's interesting. I, again, I don't know what a compliance officer does. So for the next four or five Maybe it was, yeah, I think it was about five months. Um, I was sort of walked through what a corporate compliance officer does by the then general counsel, who then says to me, round about September or October of that same year, he calls me into his office and he says, I have good news and I have bad news. Which do you want first? I said, well, I said, it, it doesn't really matter. I said, you can, you know, tell me either one. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy to hear either either one first. And so he says, he says, congratulations, you're the compliance officer. And I have bad news, you're the compliance officer. And so I kind of sat in silence for what felt like five minutes. I'm sure it was just a, a couple of minutes. And I thought to myself, he just said, good news, you're the compliance officer. And then he says, Bad news, you're the compliance officer. And I thought, I think I've just been promoted. That was my first introduction to, oh, by the way, you are not our corporate compliance officer. Well, I will fast forward a little bit to my first year as corporate compliance officer. And at the time I was having my performance evaluation, I'll never forget these words, that the GC spoke to me. He said, Deanna, he said, I'm very pleased with your performance. I'm very pleased with, you know, with the job that you're doing. But he said, I need for you to become comfortable with your power and your authority. And Tom, those words stuck in my mind, and I still remember it as clear as day to this very day, 
because where certainly I had had positions of responsibility, I did not have the authority to actually carry out my position. And so when he said that to me, I thought, wow, this is, this is new. This is different. And so to solidify that, um, we were in, let's see, I had to give a presentation. I gave my first presentation to a group of operations managers. And he comes in at the tail end of that presentation. Of course, the presentation was on our code of ethics. And he says to the group, he says, so this, so you've met Deanna Wunquo, our corporate compliance officer. And he said, there are two things I want you to, um, to be aware of. One, I fully support her and her position. And two, I have no problem firing anyone who goes against her in any way in her official capacity as corporate compliance officer. And Tom, I had never had that happen before in my position. And so I felt very empowered and I felt like, you know, even though I didn't know a lot at the time that I was going to be given the opportunity to grow into that position, to learn it, to understand it, to expand and increase my knowledge in regards to corporate compliance, and I am very glad I did. Listening to you, I was going to say, it doesn't sound like you were thrown in the deep end of the pool. It sounded like you were helicoptered out to the middle of the Atlantic and dropped in. Uh, But it also sounded like they had a lifeboat right there with you uh, to support you. Uh, You're absolutely right. I don't think I have ever heard that strong a statement uh, particularly to a, a new-ish or, or around and or in front of a new-ish CCO, that uh, that really must have given you a great deal of comfort. It did. It really did. Because, again, you know, not really knowing at that point in time what the position entailed. I knew, though, that I would have his full support as long as I did my job to the best of my ability um, so I was very, very comfortable at that point in time. I thought, yeah, this is this is going to be OK. And so I, I actually enjoyed about a little over 17 years, about 17 and a half year career there um, until, you know, being laid off at the end of May due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Deanna, um, I'm sure we'll dive into some of these skills in later episodes, but I wanted to ask. What was the skill set you brought as a QAQC professional to the compliance chair uh, different than a lawyer might bring? So I'm a lawyer by professional background, but you get from a very different perspective. What what do you think that allowed you to bring to the CCO chair? Yeah, I think having um, a good understanding of quality management systems, everything from, you know, risk assessments to uh, corrective actions and root cause analysis and, you know, working with, um, you know, across, across, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Across functional, uh, positions. I brought that with me with the quality, you know, with the quality assurance background, um, auditing, I was a, and still am, a certified quality auditor. So I understood what doing a good audit was. I understood what um, obtaining facts was. I understood what that meant. I brought good uh, interviewing techniques with me. 
Um, so it's not like I, you know, I had nothing to work with. I did have a certain skill set that I knew I could build upon. Deanna, when I think of QAQC, I tend to think of that role around a specific product or service. But listening to you there, it sounded like uh, the role of a QAQC professional can be and indeed is quite broader. Would that be a fair assessment? Yes. Yes, that is indeed fair. It is broad. And the thing that I really appreciate about quality assurance professionals and corporate compliance professionals is that wide range of knowledge and expertise that one can bring to the table and be successful in both or either role. Deanna, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us for episode two, where we take a look at what the compliance officer does. I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life. I hope you'll join me again next week where I take up another episode in The Compliance Life. The Compliance Life is a production of The Compliance Podcast Network. If you would like to be featured on The Compliance Life, please uh, give me an email at uh, tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, if you like this series, please give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, Any review and rating would definitely help get the word out about the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.